and welcome to Is This Anime. I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is Carson Hazlitt. Carson, how are you? I'm good. Always happy to be here. I know. Thank you. Um, We're doing, you know, it's funny. The backlog has been reduced, so now we're doing a lot of recent shows. Uh, So the show we are doing as of this recording is like two days old. We are talking about Dragon Age Absolution. Uh, Carson, what is your experience with the series known as Dragon Age? So I've played to date uh, every Dragon Age game. I have beaten almost all of them except Inquisition. Uh, and I I love all of them. They are all fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the writing, the characters are all so memorable. Uh, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Dragon Age. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dragon Age too. I mean, we, um, on the podcast a million years ago, like it was episode 25-ish or whatever, we talked about the, the Mass Effect anime, uh, which was not very good. But in if, but in that podcast, if you want to hear like the full story of Bioware and Bioware's origins, uh, listen to that because uh, we're we're going to keep it light on the history segment. But basically, Dragon Age is a series. It's been around since two thousand nine. Uh, the first game, Dragon Age Origins, I think is fantastic. Uh, the sequel, Dragon Age Two, came out in twenty eleven. It's a bit more of the redheaded stepchild. And then that was quickly followed. Shit, Dragon Age Inquisition only came out three years after. Dragon Age 2, and I say oh, only three years because it is the <laughs> the end of 2022 and uh, Dragon Age 4, we are still awaiting that. And uh, yep. it's, fun- it's funny because when I time this podcast, I'm like, sweet, well, you know, the Game Awards are in like a day or two. Maybe we'll hear something about Dragon Age 4. We did not hear anything about Dragon Age 4. No. <laughs> so... I was thinking 2023, fall 2023 for Dragon Age 4 or Dragon Age Dreadwolf as it is known. But now if I'm betting my house, I would say spring 2024, maybe. God forbid. Yeah, I don't know if I make any surefire bets just yet. Yeah, so let's get into it. I think the appeal of that first Dragon Age game. So basically Bioware, they had sci-fi down. They had sci-fi with Mass Effect. Mass Effect was their take on Star Wars effectively. And Dragon Age was like, hey, we don't own the Baldur's Gate license. Let's do our own fantasy series. You know, we have our own original sci-fi series. Let's do our own original fantasy one. I think Dragon Age Origins is fantastic, especially uh, considering the time it was released. There's a ton of choice. It is called Origins because your character has six different origins that you can pick from. Those origins are like an hour or two each. And those origins will dictate how your character is perceived. So whether you're an elf who grew up in the forest or an elf who was a city elf or a human or say a, a rich dwarf, a poor dwarf, I think there were actually only five origins, but you know what I mean? That game is very good. And there's also, you know, a myriad of choices you can make throughout the course of the game. Do you side with the forest elves or do you let the werewolves take them over? This is all me going by memory. But yeah, Carson, I think you can agree that first game It's fucking awesome, right? Fantastic. It's so damn good. Yeah, there's, again, I have replayed that game uh, numerous times. I've played through all the origins. I I have played a female character and romanced uh, the party member who you later learn is actually the king. So I have become queen in Dragon Age Origins. (laughs) It's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to become queen. That sounds dope. Yeah, it's, it's a game where you can do a lot. Dragon Age 2 bit more controversial it was made uh infamously in only about 18 months 
It was not supposed to be called Dragon Age 2. They wanted to give it a spin-off moniker called Dragon Age Kirkwall, which would have probably led to it being uh, received much better. It is a much smaller scale game. It is set just in a city called Kirkwall. You play as a man named Hawk. It's basically, it spans like, the game spans about 10 years. It's an interesting game, but it was not necessarily what people were expecting for a game called Dragon Age 2. Can you agree? Very much so. I, I wish it was Dragon Age Kirkwall because I would have enjoyed I think the general consensus would have been a lot better if it was Dragon Age Kirkwall. It set itself up for failure just be- with did, that yeah. title alone because it, for one thing, it does not play uh, similarly to Dragon Age Origins. No. <laughs> Dragon Age Origins is a full-blown RPG. Dragon Age 2 ha- is not. It's an action game with RPG elements. There's still the standard Bioware thing of, you know, romancing a cast of characters. I think the characters in Dragon Age 2 are fantastic. Obviously, um, one of the one of the most significant characters, Ferex the Dwarf, right? Okay, cool. I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> a character so memorable, I forgot his name uh, for a second. But, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of characters in Dragon Age. But yeah, I think Dragon Age 2 is an interesting game. The story is cool. The characters are cool. It sets up. You know, it sets up this whole mage Templar conflict that's also present in the first game, but takes it to another level where like one of your party members at the end is kind of revealed to be a terrorist or a freedom fighter, depending on uh, how you look at it. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. And then Dragon Age Inquisition, I think that game is fantastic. I think it holds up better uh, than it even how it was received when it was released. It's not quite open world. It has its open zone. So there's. Out. there's about a dozen different zones in the game they're all big land masses when it was released it was kind of criticized for a lot of fetch quests but those quests are very skippable like again you don't have to engage with again there was the infamous kotaku article you don't have to spend all your time in the hinterlands you can do other things just do the quests you want and instead focus on your party and what that game in particular does really well is you can role play the hell out of it. Your character can be religious. Your character could be an atheist. Your character could be, you know, a pro elf sympathizer or, you know, a total fucking racist or, you know, you can do yeah. a lot. You can do yeah. a lot. I remember just starting Inquisition and just the amount of choice that you get immediately is, is, it's what I like to see in RPGs, especially Western RPGs. Yeah. And that's the funny thing, because there's been so few Western role playing games released in the past decade. It's kind of weird because Dragon Age Inquisition was kind of the first big one of like the PS4 era. And then we quickly got The Witcher 3, which is fantastic. And then Fallout 4, which is less fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and and then we kind of had nothing. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is also from Bioware, did not set the world on fire. It uh <laughs> Let that an anthem. It was two very poorly received games that have uh, yep. put, uh, made it very tough to be a Bioware fan. And it, it says something that Bioware's biggest release of the last, you know, five or six years is just a re-release of Mass Effect, which, to be fair, is a very good re-release. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, Mass Effect Legendary Edition was them being like, "Hey, uh, remember when we made games you liked?" <laughs> um and it's awesome i've I've replayed the mass effect legendary edition like three times already so i i clearly have gotten my use out of it but yeah i think inquisition holds up really well even something like the witcher which i think is a really good game that game has you play as a fixed character so even though you have choices you're not quite role-playing 
Cyberpunk 2077 sold itself as a game where you could, you know, be your own person, but the actual game itself is you're playing as a specific character named V. And then uh, whatever the fuck Bethesda has been doing, they come out with Fallout 4, and then uh, their big game is Fallout 76, which infamously had no NPCs until uh, people pushed them to put that in. Oh, so, man, that, that game was so disappointing. Yeah, I've heard it's gotten better. I It was free on PlayStation Plus Extra, whatever the fuck you call it, but I yeah. still... I still couldn't get past. I don't like Fallout if you can't even pause the combat because because it it is an online game. You can't even you know you can't even just pause the fucking game. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, maybe Starfield will be better. I will be enjoying Starfield because it will be on Game Pass for free. So I'm thankful for uh, that. Yes. Yeah, it's been an interesting time for role playing games. It's kind of funny because the PS3 era was kind of like, oh yeah, Japanese role playing games are dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at Western role-playing games the, the last little while, they've certainly been less competent. That is very true. They, they have vastly bigger budgets, and yet uh, there seems to be a competence issue. <laughs> and uh, considering Dragon Age 4 has gone through multiple reboots, um, in fact, there's even something funny about this uh, series we're watching, Dragon Age Absolution, that I'll get into because again, Dragon Age 4, it's, it's been through a lot of development hell. It's gone through multiple iterations. Hopefully the iteration that they release will be good. I'm hopeful for I, it. I want it to be I good. I too. <laughs> but yeah, even, even with it being maybe a year out, maybe a bit more, we, we know very little. We have, we have seen no gameplay. They released a, uh, an animated cutscene uh, a oh, couple yeah, days ago. Did. I but, forgot about that. <laughs> That was neat, but I'm like, cool, but show me the fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> show me a party member. <laughs> uh, we, we'll talk about party members. Anyways, uh, we have this appetizer, Dragon Age Absolution. Let's get into it. Uh, Carson, what are your initial thoughts on Dragon Age Absolution? Uh, well, I watched the first episode, and I was immediately worried about the rest, because I thought the pacing in the first episode was terrible. Uh, it it almost throughout the show. I just thought I don't understand why it wasn't a movie because it felt thank very you, much like a movie. Thank you for saying that. Again, yeah, I I hate saying this about a lot of TV, but a lot of TV lately. Um, former co-host Malcolm and I we talk about how a lot of the Marvel shows feel like they should be movies, and yeah, this could have been a movie. Um, it it, it, <laughs> it feels like it is a movie, and I think especially for the first episode and two i think if it was a movie it would have had more time to breathe because they introduce a lot very quickly and do not develop on it yeah i wasn't sure so i've just got my notes from episode one we open up in a location called navara i'm like okay cool navara um i'm not going to tell you what navara is about because we're going to move on from navara in five minutes (laughs) uh two thieves are climbing up a tower they're trying to steal a case of lyrium leader of the thieves uh who is later revealed to be an, an elf woman named miriam she unleashes an arrow that knocks these two thieves down turns out they were just a distraction okay cool miriam i guess she's ingenious or some shit and miriam reports to a man named dolph who isn't too happy that one of his nephews got uh nabbed and um i'm like okay cool dolph is their leader uh dolph is gonna have something to do with this they get into a scuffle with dolph we we get introduced to a couple other characters very quickly uh, one girl named uh, Hira, who has a romantic connection to Miriam, so that's neat. And then themes another co-leader of this crew is a man named Fairbanks, and then he betrays Dolph. We get an action scene, and then uh, we don't hear from Dolph ever again. 
nope. <laughs> I was like, is Dolph going to pop up? Is he going to be like, hey, guys, you fucked with me. You know, I'm back for revenge. Nope. Nope. I, I, I think this was their attempt at a at a clever cold open. Uh, but it just left me kind of confused and me just trying to catch up with the rest of the show. By the time of the end of the first episode, I thought, oh, this is like the origin story of how this band of like party members got together. No, it's it's just the beginning of the story. Yeah, we could have we could have had like an interesting like meetup of just like because so our lead, our actual lead characters are um, Roland, who's a human warrior, Laclon, who's a dwarf. OK, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Quidian. Quidian's dope. Uh, Quidian she's is great. A, She's a Kunari maid. She's instantly uh, the most endearing character. And then, yeah, Miriam, she's, you know, our, our cool, badass lead character. Fairbanks, who we think is going to have more of a role, but, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, maybe maybe less of a role than you expect. And then Hira, who is a, a human mage. And I do think these characters go in interesting directions by the end of it. Yes, I do agree. The, I thought the ending was a lot stronger than the beginning. Yeah, by the end, I was like, okay, I'm into this. And then they're like, guess what? We're only doing six episodes. I'm like, yep. fuck's sake. <laughs> this, is, this is the whole Netflix thing. And I think my assumption, and who knows if I'm proven correct, my assumption is that the second half, which is probably another six episodes, will drop maybe within six months. Yeah, I hope so. We don't know. Or is this... That's the other thing. Dragon Age 4's development has been so nebulous that I'm not sure what the story was that they had. Uh, cause they, you know, they were probably the, the writers of this and the director were probably given some notes, you know, you have to fit it within this context. So the, the, the main location that this is set in is set in the, the, uh, Tevinter Emporium, which is a major location. It's, it's been more or less confirmed that Dragon Age 4 will be set in the Tevinter Emporium. It's also an, a location that's name dropped a lot in Dragon Age Inquisition. And it's kind of this, uh, it's a seedier district. Uh, there's a lot of blood magic in there. There's a lot of, you know, skeevy people in the Tevinter Emporium. And I was like, cool, Tevinter's dope. These characters are going to go to Tevinter. We'll explore that location, maybe get some teases for Dragon Age 4. And instead, we're primarily uh, the locate. The action is secluded in basically this one place called the Summer Palace. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, shit, man, I'm I'm fine with spending a couple episodes there. You know, maybe two or three, maybe even four. <laughs> nope, it's the entire six episode run of this. Oh, I wanted so much more. We didn't get what I wanted. No, maybe we'll get more in the next six whenever they fucking drop. But oh, I hope so. I hope so. I don't know if it's because you know they were just given these notes where they're like, okay, you can only do this much with this location. We also don't know. The script for the script for the fourth Dragon Age, I'm I'm sure it's undergoing revisions as we speak. It's got another year of development. They could change a million things, I'm sure. And me, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, what are the hints? You know, they're name dropping Kirkwall. That's cool. Are we going to go to Kirkwall in uh, this story? I don't know because <laughs> Kirkwall is. Uh, we don't go to Kirkwall at the end of this. So Carson, how familiar are, are you with the lore? Because I'm actually I was surprised, even though I've played these games a lot, I'm surprised how much I picked up on. I don't know about uh, you. I picked up on quite a few things, which again, same here. I was very surprised. I was like, "Oh, there's Kirkwall. There's they're talking about <laughs> shit that I actually remember somehow." Um, yeah, it was. You know what? All the nods to previous games in the lore of Dragon Age, I very appreciated, and it didn't feel like shove. Like, it didn't feel like, "Oh, here's name drops." It felt actual 
Uh, like it, it felt like it was part of the world, not just random bullshit. Yeah, we hear about the Inquisition, but also because in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, at the end of that game, at the end of the DLC, you can choose whether to disband or uh, continue the Inquisition. So this show also has to be like, okay, well, the Inquisition was disbanded, but it also still kind of exists. The the nature of having uh, to have your story revolve around a series that has like numerous choices that can affect a number of locations. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I didn't hate the way they went with that though. It's like, oh yeah, Inquisition yeah. is dead, but there's still some remnants of it. I'm like, oh, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure Dragon Age Four is going to have the same problem, whether whether they have to have their cake and eat it too. Again, that's the problem. Dragon Age has that problem even more than Mass Effect because, you know, Mass Effect is not a small story. It is a big story. It's, it spans the galaxy. You know, you defeat the great evil or whatever, but it keeps the story to one character and his friends. And Dragon Age switches the protagonist each time and also takes place in a different location and just makes it even harder and harder to keep track of all these choices. I don't blame them. It's fucking hard. But it's also uh, a challenge that they've forced upon themselves because they're like, no, it's not about the story of this one character. It's about the story of the world. I'm like, okay, well, you're just kind of making it harder for yourself. Yeah, I I went in with the assumption that this was going to be connected to Dragon Age 4, which I think it will be in some way. I'm confused as to where that connection will actually pick up. So basically our heroes, they're after an item called the Circulum Infinitus. Uh, it's a powerful artifact. Uh, watching these six episodes, I don't know what that power entails. I don't know Neither if you picked I. up on it. <laughs> okay, no. thank. I'm glad it's not just me. You know, sometimes you know, I'm t- I'm taking all these notes. Sometimes I do miss things, or I'm like, okay, shit. But okay, we're on the same page. So that's good. We both do not know what the fuck is up with the circulum infinitus. We just know it's powerful. Um, so basically, uh, we also learned that Hira, she was a former member of the Inquisition. Um, but they say, oh, hey, the Herald of Andraste, who is the player character of Dragon Age Inquisition, did all the work. We didn't get the credit. So that's kind of a cool thing. You know? that, I, that was what I liked most about um about the show, how it's like, yeah, you did all the work. We got none of the credit for what we did. I kind of fucking hate the guy. I'm like, well, that, that's cool. Like, I'm sure there are people that don't like like I like the different sides. It, again, it's just expanding upon the world. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you, the player, are like the cool guy, but maybe people are like, yo, you kind of fucking suck, man. You just took yeah. all the credit from us. Um, Cassandra from the video games, she makes a cameo in a flashback, and she's like, hey, don't fuck with the Circulum Infinitus. I actually thought, I didn't realize this. Um, Cassandra, to me, at least, sounded different, but I learned that she's actually voiced by the same actress. But I don't know if it's because she voiced the character seven years ago and maybe is just doing a slightly different take. I don't know. Maybe. I just, it would make sense. I just found, yeah, I just found that kind of funny. Um, so here's our characters. Laclon the dwarf, uh, who the show ships with uh, Roland the human warrior. I thought that was cool. I did too. They're, they're a fun pair. <laughs> we, for, we Our first hints of it are when they're like having like a practice duel into Vinter or some shit. I didn't even really know the context. They're just kind of fighting and then Roland like flirts with Laclon, but that was fun. And the relationship at least does pay off. They're not making you wait another six months to. Yeah, exactly. Quidian, uh, she name drops the blight when she's trying to get some counter items uh, from a merchant. I thought that was cool. Mm. Quidian's dope. We can talk all about Quidian. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> 
she she's the most fun character. I like it because like uh, for those who haven't played the games, uh, the Kunari are kind of a stoic race. Um, we've had some more fun Kunari, uh, the Iron Bull, who is uh, just uh, what's the word? Uh, the Iron Bull in Dragon Age Inquisition is this big Kunari warrior with a huge sexual appetite. He's he's one of the easier characters to romance because. Yeah, he he will fuck anything that moves. Yep. <laughs> uh, you can ride the bull. And he's also voiced by Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr., which is awesome. But yeah, I thought Quidian was a fun take on the Kunari because we've never, even though the Iron Bull is a fun character, he's kind of an outlier. He's like the outlier to the other Kunari you see. So to have Quidian be this like Kunari mage who's this very vibrant, fun character, I thought that was cool. I'm, yeah, I'm it, ho- was, it was a very good... um. Uh the word i don't know but like it's it's just great seeing that there's this different kind of canar who's so fun and full of life yeah and ashley birch voices her and uh she it gives was a great ashley pro- birch okay yeah she's in everything she's been in horizon zero dawn she's even on uh, done some live action work with uh the show mythic quest uh she's in every video game i hope that's a good sign that uh, Quidian is also going to be part of Dragon uh, oh, Age I Four. Hope so. I really hope so. I think I think of all the characters. We, I mean, we're already kind of jumping ahead, but it's obvious that we want her uh, Quidian to be in the party, right? Yes, and please, for the love of God, make her romanceable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bioware, whatever you're doing, you know, delay the game in another six months to include her or some shit. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, I, I don't care. We've the game doesn't have a date, so you can just see the the internet reaction. That's the fucking thing about this show, too, because I don't know how long it's been in development or what its relationship with Dragon Age 4 is. So I'm like, I could almost see a scenario the way this series ends where like, hey, we're not getting another season, but we can just continue this story in like either the game or the DLC. Like you could just like meet up with like Miriam and she'll be a character within the game and be like, hey, guys, I have this whole backstory. Uh, This person uh, did me wrong. Can uh, you guys help me? And then you have Quidian in the party, and she's like, yo, my friend's got some problems. Mind helping her? I don't know. That, that would be pretty cool. I think I'd like that more than another season, actually. <laughs> that probably tells you something about how we feel about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we still got a lot more to walk through. Um, our heroes, they get into a bar brawl with some anti-elf racists, because the whole thing about the Tinventer Emporium is that uh, they have slavery, and they've enslaved the elves, and Miriam is a former slave. And Lacklon initially is actually a bit racist to her. When he finds out that she's from Tevinter, he's like, yo, it's like, we could be fucking hunted if we have this, like, uh, former slave girl on here. You do know that. Like, do we really want, like, more people on our back? And then we later find out Miriam's true connection to this whole story. Yeah. Uh, the crew, they get into a bar brawl with these racists. Miriam gets mad at the crew because all it did was risk their mission. But she does admit it meant something to her. So then she volunteers to to go alone into the Summer Palace. She fucks some dudes up and uh, she grants our heroes uh, entrance into it. Episode two. Um, we get introduced to who it turns out will be our villain, uh, Razarin. He's a Tevinter mage. He's studying the Circulum Infinitus and his uh, girlfriend or wife, whatever, uh, Tasia. She's a Templar. And he, yeah. he believes the Circulum Infinitus can bring back the dead. Uh, which, hey... Uh, anytime you have a character trying to do that in a story, that doesn't uh, end up. <laughs> that doesn't go well. No, never. Now I have one question about Rizarin. What? How come the guy that looks like Matt Mercer is not yes. voiced by Matt Mercer? 
I was confused by that because uh, yeah. Matt Mercer he voices Fairbanks. Um, he, he's he's a couple different characters in it. I heard his oh, voice he like three or four times. Oh, he is was, he? Oh. He he was the spirit that Razarin summoned. Uh, he was one of the guards, the like the main unnamed guard that uh that went around back and attacked the demon from behind. Like I heard okay. him, I heard him a couple times in this. So that's funny. Uh, speaking of Matt Mercer, I guess now is the time to talk about a series that this uh, is probably going to be compared unfair- oh, favorably yeah. to. Critical Role. Uh, did that show premiere this year? It's been such a long fucking uh, year. Early <laughs> this year, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, the Legend of Vox Machina, as it is uh, officially known on Amazon. That's fantastic. And that <laughs> that show does everything uh, better than this. Yeah. I, I was when I finished the first episode, I texted my friend saying, "This is the Legend of Vox Machina." If it took itself too seriously, <laughs> which I didn't mind. Like, I Dragon Age isn't like a jokey series. No, so I was not like, at all. So I'm glad it it had this tone. But for one thing, Legend of Vox Machina it has like multiple arcs. It has real episodes. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like TV. I think what there's like 12 episodes so far, but there's at uh, least like. Yes. Yeah, there's like 12 episodes, but there's like, you know, an introduction uh, arc, which is like two episodes. And then there's another arc and then those arcs build and then you finally get a conclusion, which this show does not do. No, not at all. I, I was more, just... I was very happy with the more serious tone. But the one thing I definitely found in common between the two shows is the first episode in both shows are very terribly paced. Yeah, I mean, I still preferred Vox Machina's first episode. Oh, same here. By I was by like, far. yeah, Vox Machina. I'm like, okay, I could still recommend this to friends. This one, I'm like, mm. no, this is this is you and me, Carson. I'm not making yeah, anyone else. If, if you're not a Dragon Age fan, you're probably not going to enjoy it at all. Yeah, I mean, maybe I would have almost wanted to have someone on here, but I think they probably would have just been like, fuck, you know, they would have watched an episode or two and be like, Jack, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, bro. I'm Bailey. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do any more Bailey's on here. Rizarin's an interesting character. I like the arc he went through in this. Um, so yeah, he's trying to bring back the dead. He summons this eight-eyed spirit, and the spirit's like, bro, uh, don't fuck with this shit. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm gonna fuck with this shit anyways. So he pushes the spirit further, and it transforms into a demon, which summons even more demons. They defeat the demons, and Rizarin says he's still interested in studying the artifact further. And Tasia warns him that she may have to protect him from himself, which she tries to do. That doesn't seem to be the case no. by the end. She she was probably my second favorite character uh, in the entire show. She was fantastic. Oh, oh really? I wish she yeah. had more to do because she kind of fell by the wayside for me, at least. She did. But whenever she was on screen, I'm like, I'm so happy she's here. Yeah, she she does survive the series. Uh, she has reason to have a beef with our heroes. So maybe she'll come back. Um, so yeah, we get a flashback of Miriam playing with her master's children only to be slapped for doing so once again, you know, Miriam didn't have a very good life, uh, but maybe another character may believe that her life wasn't that bad. So at one point she like tries to warn a worker of what's going down, but the worker is a racist and just tells her to fuck off. Yep. And then this is when the show started to get interesting. Fairbanks stabs Hira in the back to seemingly claim the artifact for himself. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, is this going somewhere? Uh, Hira and Fairbanks, they have a fight. And then Hira unleashes like a horde of magical bats in an attempt to stop Fairbanks. This causes the palace to undergo lockdown, which I thought was cool until I realized 
that meant this show was going to take place entirely at the Summer Palace for the rest of it. <laughs> I had the exact same thoughts. Like, whoa, the, like shit's about to get like shit's about to go down. Like, it's going to be this big boss fight. We're not leaving the Summer Palace. Fuck. <laughs> We're not leaving there. Yeah. yeah. No Kirk. No Kirkwell for you. Nope. This, uh, it's that. It's that. Ep- that Simpsons episode, the one with Poochie, where uh, Millhouse is just like, "When are we going to the fireworks factory?" Oh, I'm, just yeah. like, I'm just like, "When are we going to Kirkwall?" <laughs> <laughs> Don't say Kirkwell all the fucking time, guys. It just makes yeah, me want to go there. They brought it up a lot. They brought, I know. I guess it's probably the second half of the show, whatever they want to call it, or yeah. maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just more to venture. Who knows? Anyways, Tasia, she says these creatures are a fail safe and they will kill everyone in the palace. Fairbanks dies and says Hira's name, which doesn't bode well for Miriam and Hira. Luckily for Miriam, Roland trusts her, which I'm glad. I'm glad this show didn't turn into. Miriam and Hira just fighting off their former uh, crew because I was worried. I was like, oh, fuck. Is Roland going to break bad? Is Lacklon going to break bad? Are there no characters for us to connect to? Is it just going to be us waiting for the next arc for us to like find a party or some shit? No, I was whenever Roland was like, no, you're like, I trust her. I'm like, oh, that's that's good. Like, I'm glad that he trusts her. I like it because you and me are both on the same page where we're like, the show could be worse if it does this one choice. Yes. it. Oh, if it made that choice, I probably would have stopped watching. Meanwhile, Quidian, she has some fun. Uh, she's like being chased by like demons. And then she's just like, you know, she brings them to the guards and the guards get fucked up instead. Mm-hmm. And then Hira, what is it? Hira tells Miriam to take the circuit. All right. This is where Kirkwall comes up. Hira tells Miriam to take the circulum to Kirkwall and deliver it to an inn called the Hanged Man, which I recognize the Hanged Man is a location that you visit in Dragon Age 2. So again, they're they're making all these name drops. They're getting me excited. Yeah, um, I, I was I was like, I recognize that name. Then I did a quick Google. I was like, oh, that's actually in universe. That's good. Uh, Quinny and she, she uh, saves a bunch of slaves. And then meanwhile, Rizarin, he's just trying to break the soldier blockade. And then this one archer... He's got an arrow to Miriam and the crew's uh, head or whatever. And he's like, yo, guys, you're the ones who fucked everything up. I'm going to kill you. But then Razarin saves the crew from this archer and he recognizes Miriam and he calls her sister. So, whoa, whoa. I was into it. I was like, okay, that tracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically, let's just uh, jump ahead in notes. So Miriam is not quite uh, Rezarin's sister. She she was a slave. Rezarin, at least, fuck. Rezarin is such a white person, really. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, you were you were my sister. And it's like, no, I was a slave, and your mom beat me. And he's like, yeah, but wasn't it so nice? You but know, we had, we had good times together. I'm not gonna say I like Rezarin, but I liked where this character went. Yes, I thought I that agree. was interest. I thought that was interesting. Because, yeah, he is totally the guy who's like, yo, didn't you have it so good? You had, you know, safety and food and shelter and all this stuff. And she's like, no, I I, I had no sense of self at all. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. And so his the backstory is they were a quote unquote family. And then during Rezarin's heroine, Rezarin's mom, who is just a horrible fucking person, uh, Rezarin was like struggling in his heroine. So she used this. She tried to sacrifice Miriam's brother, uh, Zeb. I, I, I don't know how this fucking magic works. I don't know how Zeb could have helped Rezarin in his heroine or some shit. But anyways, it, it results in Zeb 
basically being killed. And then Miriam kills uh, Rezarin's mom in retaliation, of course. And then Rezarin apparently feels like Miriam killed Zeb by breaking the ritual. I don't know how this fucking shit works. Was it Zeb or Neb? Neb. Oh, fuck. I'm mispronouncing it. Neb. Yeah. Neb. It's Neb. I, f- I fucked that up. Okay. Neb, Zeb. Sure. I know. <laughs> I'm not editing this out either. I'm just going forward. Anyways, uh, yeah, basically, Rezarin feels that Miriam ruined a good thing she had. And then we also learned that Hira was the one who kind of rescued. She didn't rescue, but she was the first person who uh, Miriam ever felt love from. So that leads to some other stuff. Yeah, this is where Miriam also recognizes one of the guards as her brother because Rezarin has... Resurin has Resurin resurrection. Fuck. Resurin has somewhat resurrected Neb as like this husk of a guard. Um, and you know, he's basically trying to bring Neb back to life fully, which I mean, bro, that's nice and all, but you just want to live in a fascist utopia. So. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, he's a fucked up dude. Again, he's he's this old money asshole who just was like, yeah, my way is dope. And it's like, no, you're you're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, Miriam, she ends up taking an arrow to the back. She ends up having a dream that uh, uh, Rezarin invades and he kind of tells her of his plan. This is where we get all the backstory. And he's like, listen, I just want to bring back Neb. You know, you give me your blood. We'll do a ritual. It'll all be good. We'll be a family again. And uh, he doesn't recognize how insane he's coming to cross us. That, like I said, tries to convince Miriam to join her in his weird fascist utopia. Episode five, we learn that Hira was the one who found Miriam after shit went down. We then get a bunch of action. Miriam fucks some guards up and then fights her brother. She ends up succeeding in defeating uh, Neb. She even cuts off his head. Uh, but poor Neb, that is not the end of Neb, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> Neb, Neb dies and is resurrected multiple times in this poor poor guy it's, it's very fucked up but <laughs> so roland he fights tasia but even with zaklon uh joining in they still lose tasia puts her shield to um roland's uh neck and um roland and zaklon stand down and then yeah miriam <laughs> decapitates neb and then she also slaves saves a slave girl caught up in the commotion episode six so we've had this dragon throughout this throughout these episodes we've had this dragon i'm like when are we going to see the fucking dragon, yo? Again, mm-hmm. it's like, when are we getting to the fireworks factory? <laughs> you have a dragon. It's called Dragon Age. When are we going to see the dragon Where's fuck some people up? Okay, dragon. <laughs> uh, Quidin, she has freed the dragon, and she even says she's bonded with it. But then Rezarin fucks this shit up, and uh, he, he has bound the demon to resurrect Neb once. No, he, he has bound the dragon, and then he binds another demon to resurrect Neb once again. So he uses the blood of the guards to to bind the uh, dragon to his will. And then in a twist, it's revealed that Hira was the traitor all along, which that that took me, yo. That took me. That that legitimately surprised me. I I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. I thought, you know, Hira was just going to be the sweet hostage girl. And, you know, hey, it's it's nice, of course, this uh, series the lead character uh is queer and you know has has a relationship with a woman that's great and all and again i was just worried when i was watching this i'm like fuck are they gonna kill kira off and it's gonna be another bury your gaze thing i'm like please don't do that yeah i'm i'm happy they didn't do that i mean i think it was an inquisition when there was a there was a romance a romanceable gay npc i don't remember which which game it was but like if anyone complains about 
any form of queer in this show, fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Bioware, Bioware has had their struggles with this. I, I've listened to a podcast on Mass Effect where, where uh, one of the podcast hosts who is gay has talked about uh, Bioware's struggles. You know, at, at initially um, in Mass Effect, uh, you, you cannot play as a gay man. You can be a, a uh, woman who romances a sexy, non-binary, but fem- female passing alien character. Um, but yeah, you can't romance uh, a male character until the third game. And I mean, again, yeah. Bioware has done better than other game developers, I'll say that. And again, this series definitely shows, hey, they're going to do better with representation. Dragon Age Inquisition, I think, is probably the most successful game so far that they've done. Because, yeah, you they even have like a trans character. Um, I, uh, their name is Krem. They're, they're a member. Oh. Yeah, Krem is dope. And then Bioware ruined that by having another trans character who dead names themselves when you meet her. <laughs> right. Yeah, in Mass Effect Andromeda, it was just random. It's like, yo, you had Krem. Just do space Krem. <laughs> just do space Krem. It's not space that hard. Space Krem sounds awesome. I know. Okay, it could even, you know, tie into the series. Maybe Krem just exists. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm in space now. I, th- I think Bioware for sure in like 2023, 2024, whenever this game comes out, will will do a lot better. I'm confident. I'm not I worried. So. Yeah. So again, it was funny because I was so focused on Hira. I'm just like, don't make, don't bury Hira. And for her to be revealed as the uh, kind of the villain of the series, I feel. I think that's what they're building up to. I'm sure maybe she'll get some redemption, but it does seem like they're building her up as like kind of the big bad. I was like, yeah. okay, that's cool, yo. So turns out Hira, she's had this whole beef with the Deventer Emporium and also uh, this other group. Fuck, I just forgot their name. Do you remember the, the group she's mad at? She's mad at the Emporium and also... Uh, yeah, fuck, I don't remember. The one that kind uh, of fucked over her family, right? Yeah, the one that yeah. fucked over their family. And they have ties the They have ties to Deventer, which again... More plot to set up for with Dragon Age 4 with like, hey, there's some nasty factions in this game. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she's had this beef. That's why she joined the Inquisition. She thought the Inquisition would go harder onto Venter. Turns out they didn't. So instead, she joined a group called the Crimson Knights, which are uh, a faction of the Templars who have been corrupted by Lyrium. So they're like red crystal knights. Nasty pretty people. Dope. <laughs> they're pretty dope they're yeah. visually a cool group yeah uh, and it, it sounds like we're gonna see more of them if this series uh has another half or some shit Shira's whole plan was to basically get the uh circulum infinitus which would help her uh fuck with uh to venture but then it turns out uh Hira not only was the traitor she was she offered miriam as uh the reward to Rizarin, which you know, not the nicest thing to, you know, take a girl who was a former slave and uh, promise her to be sold once again, even if you're like, oh, well, you know, I thought you would escape anyways, which. Yeah, I, I was never going to let you stay there. Like, I thought you'd be there for a day or two. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, that's very, very bad here. Very bad. Uh, huge betrayal of Miriam's trust. Yeah. Um, But. Um, so anyways, we have this big brawl. Zevron is, uh, or not Zevron, fuck, all these names, man. All these names. <laughs> Razarin is killed by Miriam. Or maybe he isn't, because we see Tasia clutching his body. Who knows with blood magic, too. Maybe he can be brought back from the dead. 
But that arc is basically uh, finished. Not only that, Quidian uh, bonds with the dragon. She heals the dragon too. And then we get a pretty fun line uh, from Roland, which is like, you know, you know that thing is just going to ravage the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the dragon is freed, the dragon is happy, and it's probably just going to kill yeah, a village. Go fuck some shit up. Uh, but we won't get to see it, at least. Um, so then Miriam, she tells Hera to tell her that she's more important than her crusade. Hera says she wishes she could. And it's revealed that she just put the crew to sleep and has fled on her own path. So it's kind of funny because in Dragon Age Inquisition, there is a character named Solas who is the now set up to be the main villain of Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which is named after him. Um, he is also a character who you can potentially romance. And then regardless, he will betray your party at the very end and is revealed to be uh, this ancient evil figure called the Dreadwolf. So I did find the parallels interesting where uh, the lead character's lover is also revealed to be someone a lot uh, a lot more nefarious than we thought. Yeah, that was... I didn't pick up on that connection immediately, but I did this morning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I like that they're doing stuff like that. Yeah, and maybe it's just a parallel that's going to make it easier for fans of the game to latch on to, to be like, oh, hey, this is similar to Solus. This is how yeah. I can connect to... This is a parallel arc that these characters are going on. That's that's how the story ends. And then we get like a little... It's not a post credit scene because Netflix doesn't do it, but we get a final scene or the blood knight, the the uh, the leader of the Crimson Knights, uh, the commander promises that she will have her war, uh, and she's like trapped in a crystal. I didn't really get that too. She's like encased in like a crystal. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was a little confused by that, but I'm a little confused. I was like, who is this character? Do I recall meeting them in Dragon Age Inquisition? I don't recall. I don't either. There we go. That is Dragon Age Absolution. We kind of sped through it, but hey, this show also speeds through a lot of things. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. Do you want to get into the speed wagon before we get into final thoughts? I guess our, I guess our final thoughts will be more extended because I think there's a lot of things you want to talk about that just maybe don't match up through the walkthrough. For now, let's cue the music. Speed wagon, 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 allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. I think this is a very obvious speedwagon. This is gonna be a unanimous speedwagon, I feel. It's pretty it has to be. There is no other option. There's no other option. Um, Roland's kind of cool. Miriam's a, a, a nice lead character. There's not enough. That's the fucking thing. This is Dragon Age. There's so many characters you can have, and you keep the world very small in this series. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just a loss of potential. The Mass Effect uh, uh, film or whatever, the one uh, with Freddie Prince Jr., that was also a missed opportunity because it focused primarily on human characters when, again, you have this galaxy full of characters. You can have all sorts of people in your movie or your story, and you pick the blandest possible people. Yeah, it's it's very disappointing. Yeah, I, this for one thing. First off, this is not nearly as bad as the Mass Effect one. No, uh, oh God, no. This is this is watchable. Um, but yeah, Quidian, she rules. I hope to God she's a party member. I hope they don't pull some bullshit where they kill her off uh, to make you sad or some shit. Oh, I'd be mad. <laughs> Yeah, she is the most interesting character by far. And if there's one character I want as a party member, it's her. I think Miriam could be a cool party member as well. 
but I feel Miriam is more a character who's like a mission NPC. Definitely, you know? yeah. She's like, oh, hey, uh, Miriam, how goes your battle with whatever? Do you need some help with that? But also, I think, you know, if you're a person who's watching this and you've, you're not going to play the games because you don't play video games, wouldn't it suck to be like, oh, for me to, to, me, for me to see the end of the story arc, I have to <laughs> buy a $500. <laughs> I guess with YouTube, you could just watch the cutscenes. Yeah, but that's they true. Might, but they might not know. They might just be a regular person. You know, they don't even know this is based off a video game. And they're just like, okay, that's it. Did the show get canceled? Why don't I have any resolution to the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh. As far as video game adaptations, uh, there have certainly been worse ones. It is certainly the best Bioware adaptation because there's also a Dragon Age uh, 3D anime movie that's fucking terrible. I couldn't even finish it. I, I haven't even started it, and I don't, don't want to. You don't, man. I mean, if... If I was at least able to watch the Mass Effect one, I was not able to even finish the Dragon Age one. That's how bad it was. Oh, God. Yeah, I was like, all right, this is not worth my time. This means nothing. And it, it's, it, it, it focuses on the character Cassandra, and it's not even voiced by her voice actress from the game, so it, it feels even more useless. Yeah, that's, uh, that's weird. They did that. They did that in the Mass Effect anime, too. They had a bunch of Funimation uh, actors yeah. voice the... Um, the Mass Effect cast, except for Freddie Prince Jr. because it was like his movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just some weird choices. So I don't think this show will make that same mistake. I mean, Ashley Birch is a video game regular, so it just feels obvious to at least have her included. Final thoughts on Dragon Age Absolution, Carson? Wow. Um, I, I, this is tough to say because I, I ended up enjoying it. Um, like by the end, I thought, all of the fight scenes were really, really good, especially the first time where they fight um, Rizarin and Neb's revealed and all that. Like, I thought that fight scene was beautiful, but... Yeah, that fight scene was dope, actually. There is some really yeah. good animation in this. And this was uh, done by a Korean uh, animation studio. Mm. Yeah, all the animation was fantastic. Uh, but man, the story just went by so quickly. And like, they... they especially when Hira was introduced and Miriam was like oh you're back and i'm mad and now i'm not mad at you but i then i'm mad at you and and that all happened within like 20 minutes in the first episode and it just kept going by so quickly and it's just i, I i'm i'm very eh on this show i think if you're a fan of dragon age you'll end up enjoying it but if you're not i think you'll just think it's another fantasy series yeah, I don't. I don't think this is going to be a thing like Cyberpunk, where you know, when I watched Cyberpunk Edge Runners, I was like, "Oh shit, I gotta play Cyberpunk again." Even though that game, I'm not even sure how much I enjoyed it, but I want to yeah. play Cyberpunk again. Um, this is like okay. I like parts of this. I hope. I'm just worried that the show again. The show is clearly not finished, uh, and I don't know what Dragon Age Four even is because. You know, I think there clearly was an intention that there would be like some marketing synergy that just didn't happen. Yeah, I, I mean, if we knew more about Dragon Age Four, I think that would have gone better, but we we don't. So I don't I don't really know what to think about like what's going to happen next because it could be another season or it could just be resolved in four. I don't know. I think yeah, the series is not terrible. It is it's watchable enough, but I just yeah, I found myself wanting more. And maybe those next six episodes or however they do it will be better. But also it's the whole Netflix thing where you're like, how long am I going to have to wait for that? Yeah, exactly. Like, like 
the whole release of Stone Out, JoJo Part Six. Stone I Ocean. was gonna say that was a weird release because you know it. What it dropped end of last year or something, yep. and then it Dro- just finished like ten days ago. Yeah, but it was weird because you were like you waited nine months for the second part of it, and then you waited only two months for the third part. So it's like you know, just have some consistency. You know, yeah, just like you know, release part one and then part two six months later and then part three another six months later and instead you're just kind of shadow dropping it because you don't care about it anymore yeah that's kind of how it felt <laughs> <laughs> i enjoyed jojo stone ocean i think uh this podcast may uh, may cover uh some future jojo of course as it does because of our speed wagon but yeah dragon age absolution solid enough it didn't waste my time i enjoyed it towards the end but yeah, I, I think that's how we feel. You're you're left wanting more and not in like a way of like, oh, I can't fucking wait for this. It's more like, eh, I just, you know, I kind of needed some more. <laughs> yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Carson, where can people find you? Uh, if you're looking to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CM Hazlitt on both. I'm not a hard man to find. You're not. Um, yeah, you can find me at only real Jack. I'm on Twitter. Jack is Jack on Instagram. Follow the podcast at is this anime on Instagram on Twitter if you want, even though we're not active on there. And yeah, that's about it. And remember, there is no absolution without playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Play Bye. Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs>